KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, July 16th. One local hospital addressing a rise in high-risk pregnancies. More on that next, but first... Let's do the headlines. Los Angeles County is reinstating its indoor mask mandate starting this Saturday night. It follows a steady increase in COVID-19 cases there. LA County health officers say the county is not where it needs to be on vaccinations. LA has now seen seven straight days of more than 1,000 new COVID-19 infections. Meanwhile, in San Diego, health officials here have reported a seventh straight day of more than 200 infections. County health officers Dr. Wilma Wooten says the county is now seeing a double of the number of cases reported about a month ago, increasing hospitalizations by 46%. She says they expect to see further increases in ICU admissions since they tend to lag behind hospitalization trends. A wildfire in the Tecate area just north of the U.S.-Mexico border has burned at least 30 acres and is 50% contained. That's according to CAL FIRE San Diego's last update Thursday night. The cause was determined to be an electrical failure like downed power lines in Mexico right along the border. The fires destroyed one mobile home and some vehicles. No injuries have been reported. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. High-risk pregnancies are on the rise, and one San Diego hospital system is expanding its operations to address it. KPBS's health reporter Matt Hoffman has more. Within the first week of us dating, we definitely had the kid conversation, and we both really wanted kids. Megan and Ricky Miller from San Marcos had been married for two years when they decided it was time to try for a baby. And then within a month, we, um, we got pregnant. So it was pretty quick. Everything was going great, but at around 19 weeks when they went in to see the baby's gender, something was wrong. Her head was on on track, but her limbs were a little bit smaller than they should be. So that kind of got the concern going of like, maybe that's more in line with a genetic disorder. Definitely was scary because it it was the same day we found out her gender. So it was, you know, we didn't know, we didn't know it was a huge happy day. We were stoked. And so we zoomed, we did the whole like gender reveal via Zoom uh, with both of our families. And then like literally half an hour later, Mm -hmm. 
they called and said something's off. Having a genetic disorder is not the worst thing, but there's a lot of complications that can happen in pregnancy, like stillbirth and things like that. So that was really more my fear was if the baby was going to make it or not. Complications during pregnancy are scary. And while 80% of women have healthy pregnancies, a Blue Cross Blue Shield study from last year found rates of complications are rising, due in part to more mothers with pre-existing conditions. One of the ways to tackle our increasing number of premature births, right? Well, it's, it's been steady, but we haven't been able to really put a dent in it for years and years. It's to make sure, again, mom is taken care of. Dr. Sean Donishman is the medical director for Scripps Health's perneatology program, which was started in 2018 and has been expanding. Complications are on the rise. We've got more women who are, you know, uh, gaining more weight pre-pregnancy. Diabetes is on the rise. Hypertension is on the rise. Something we forget, depression, anxiety is on the rise. And so therefore, in order to address all these issues, you know, Scripps uh, decided to bring on a team. Donishman says the best way to address underlying conditions is to talk to a specialist before getting pregnant because it could save the mother or the baby's life. We talk to the patient, we educate them, we refer them to our Scripps Weedier colleagues for our diabetes and pregnancy program to undergo nutritional counseling, dietary counseling, you know, learn if they need to be on medication, how to uh, take the medication. He says one of the hardest conversations is telling a mother with pre-existing conditions that she maybe should not try to get pregnant right away. If a woman wants a child, it's very difficult. Let's say she has had a recent stroke, for example. A year later, she wants to have a child or she's had a recent heart attack, or she has cancer, and uh, or again, some comorbidities that just are not conducive to a healthy pregnancy. And it's very difficult for women to hear that they shouldn't have children. For Megan and Ricky Miller, news that their baby might have a genetic disorder and had a large hole in the heart caught them off guard, especially because Megan had no known pre-existing conditions. We just decided early on that we're not gonna let this steal our joy, because you can just have fear and be worried the entire time. Or you can say, no, I'm not going to have fear. I'm going to be joyful and believe that this is going to turn out well. The couple were told they might have to have their baby delivered at 25 weeks old, which would have required months of intensive care. But even after a small scare, where Megan had to spend nearly a week in the hospital, Galilee Ryan was delivered at 36 weeks old, weighing in at just three pounds, two ounces, and the large hole in her heart went away. And they saw some um, narrowing of the aortic arch. That's not there. Um, so yeah, it's just really... A miracle, baby. The Millers now spend most of their time at Scripps La Jolla's neonatal intensive care unit, where Galilee is expected to be for at least a couple more weeks. So she's eating about 50% by bottle right now, uh, and then the rest they're putting through an NG tube. So that's increasing every day. She's eating more and more and having more strength every day. She's starting to cry and fuss. Megan says overall, while stressful, she's grateful for the care of the specialists who help her deliver her baby. Results from testing just found Galilee has no genetic disorder, and there are plans for more kids soon. But yeah, we want lots. <laughs> when you say lots, what's like? I don't know. <laughs> well, she like the day after she was born, Megan goes, let's do another one. Let's do it. <laughs> I, want to be, I want to be pregnant again. <laughs> she needs a sister or brother. I don't know, five, seven, we'll see. And that reporting from KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. San Diego police are putting together a special police team to combat a rise of ghost guns. KPBS's Melissa May has more. California already has laws to regulate ghost guns, but those won't go into effect until July 2022. San Diego Councilwoman Marnie Von Wilpert does not want to wait that long. 
she is introducing a city ordinance to prohibit the untraceable weapons. Is to prevent ghost guns from getting in the hands of dangerous people who might threaten themselves, threaten others. The San Diego Police Department reported a 169% increase in ghost gun usage since 2020 in San Diego. Now the department is starting a five-member ghost gun team. San Diego Police Captain Matt Novak says this team will conduct proactive ghost gun investigations and assist other departments as well. We will work as a resource to kind of handle the ghost gun angle of it and make sure that that's taken care of efficiently and that we get as many ghost guns as we can off the street. SDPD is on track to seize up to 480 ghost guns this year. These guns are being used in violent crimes um, and being seized in a lot of our uh, narcotic and gang investigations. So we know that they're being used out there on the street. So they're easy to obtain, pretty easy to assemble, and then they're unserialized and untraceable. Michael Schwartz of the San Diego County Gun Owners Pack says it's a PR move. It seems like they're uh, really trying to cover their own failures and incompetence and blaming it on ghost guns or blaming it on firearms. Von Wilpert is hoping to have her ordinance completed and presented to the city council by next month. And that was KPBS's Melissa May. Governor Newsom's Clean California initiative is opening thousands of jobs, including some in San Diego. KPBS's Alexander Ronhell has more from a job fair that was held by Caltrans on Thursday. Clean California is a $1 billion initiative by the governor to revitalize and clean the state's highways. The project is expected to open 11,000 jobs for Californians, including people who are homeless, veterans, and formerly incarcerated individuals. Gustavo Dayarda is director for Caltrans in San Diego. He says they're looking to hire up to 50 people in the next four to six weeks. These entry-level jobs are in the front line in the fight against litter. So some of the people that you see here in line today, tomorrow, may be wearing a hard hat and a vest, be in our highways, picking up litter and keeping our highways clean. Sean Rizzuto, division chief for Caltrans San Diego, says these jobs can lead to greater opportunities. Once you're in, with Caltrans and these temporary assignments and these entry-level jobs, then you're able to apply for permanent jobs as they become available. Wyatt Elliott is a recent political science graduate from San Diego State. He says he was lucky to have a job through the pandemic, but he's looking to start a career with Caltrans. I'm primarily looking for a government kind of position like liaison or legislature I saw on their website. The money will be spent over the next three years on litter abatement and beautification projects. And that was KPBS's Alexander Ronhell. California wildlife managers are asking recreational anglers to take extra precautions this summer to protect fish during the drought. Cap Radio's Pauline Bartoloni explains. California's dry conditions and a surge in fishing during the pandemic has the state concerned about aquatic species. So Peter Tira with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife is asking anglers not to fish after 12 noon in eight different bodies of water in the Sierra and other parts of the state. A lot of anglers um, practice catch and release fishing, and that's a great conservation practice, except if water, the waters get too warm, um, that adds additional stress, and all this extra stress just kind of adds to potential for uh, mortality. 
Tierra says nearly 2 million fishing licenses were sold in California last year, a notable increase over the year before the pandemic, and the increased interest is continuing this year. In Sacramento, I'm Pauline Bartoloni. And that was Cap Radio's Pauline Bartoloni. Coming up, a review of the new movie Summertime, produced by a San Diego native, and a preview of this weekend's local arts events. All of that's next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. San Diego native Kelly Marie Tran is a producer on the new film, Summertime. The film is described as a spoken word poetry musical set in Los Angeles. Tran will be in town this weekend to host screenings with two of the poets from the film. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando has this review. In Carlos Lopez Estrada's first film, Blind Spotting, he collaborated with a pair of writer stars to let us see Oakland through new eyes. Now he's developed a new film, Summertime, in collaboration with youth poets who all serve as co-writers and stars. The result is spectacular. This time he sets his film in Los Angeles before the pandemic. Have you forgotten where we are? What kind of crazy dope magic happens in this city? Every day? The film gives us 27 fresh voices, each offering us an intimate, passionate, compelling story. Calling it a spoken word poetry musical only hints at the originality of the film's design and the engaging energy that draws us in. It captures the hope, heartbreak, and oddly seductive vibe of Los Angeles. It allows these young poets a moment in the spotlight to get something off their chest. Do you know what I can buy was $15? Summertime reminds us that words can dazzle and hold us wrapped with even more power than state-of-the-art special effects. Betha Commando, KPBS News. And we have KPBS arts editor and producer Julia Dixon-Evans here with a preview of local arts events happening in San Diego this weekend. Here's Julia. First, let's start at Lux Art Institute in Encinitas. The current resident artist is Guillermo Galindo, who makes what he calls sonic devices using found objects, things he discovers at the San Diego-Tijuana border. They're like sculptural musical instruments, and the components used to build them are powerful. Think a Border Patrol flashlight, bullets, a tattered child's shoe, or torn pages from a discarded Bible. And tonight, Friday at 6 p.m., musicians from Art of Elan will come together to activate the instruments and perform pieces that Galindo has composed just for these makeshift instruments. Following that performance, there'll be an artist talk with Galindo. There is one instrument that the public can try themselves, and it's a really incredible one. It's a bicycle wheel 
theremin, and you play it just by waving your hand near the spokes. In the literary world, this weekend marks the first North Park Book Fair with tons of independent bookstores, authors, zine makers, small presses, poets, artists, and galleries all coming together. It's put together by Verbatim Books along with the North Park Thursday Market and North Park Main Street. It'll be like a literary block party. It all takes place Saturday near North Park Way and 30th Street. And there'll be performances and readings all day from 10 to 5 p.m. And of course, plenty of books to buy. And finally, Pride is back this weekend. It's a hybrid program this year with some events online, others in person, but outdoors or scaled down. But there is plenty to do. You can find some highlights on our website at kpbs.org. But don't miss Diversionary Theater's Pride production of a play called Tier One, Love and Longing in Mid-Century Queer America. It's by trans playwright Joshua Irving Gershik, and it features a series of archived letters that were sent into one magazine. One ran in the 50s and 60s, and it was the first openly gay periodical in America. And these are free performances at St. Paul's Cathedral at 1 and 4 o'clock on Saturday, put on by their summer intensive acting program called Teen Versionary. You can find details on these and more arts events this weekend, or you can sign up for my weekly KPBS arts newsletter at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio, or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.